Welcome to Murder on Silk Road, the podcast that explores Asian and European true crime cases. I'm Julia, and with me is my friend and co-host, Lina. I'm Lina, and each episode we will be sharing either an Asian or a European case. Between these episodes, we will bring you a shorter in-between episode, where whoever did a case that week will prepare a random topic to discuss. Before we get started, a general warning. The themes discussed in these stories may be disturbing and triggering for some, so listener discretion is advised. Hey, murder friends. <laughs> You're really, like, sticking with your murder friends thing. Well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like we're the murderers when you say that. Uh, oh, well, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Well, because I think like murder loving friends sound is too long, too long winded. And it also sounds pretty wrong. Murder loving friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but do your thing. As long as <laughs> it makes you happy. Thank you. Yes. Hey, murder friends. <laughs> <laughs> And Lena. Hi, Lena. Hi, Julia. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Back in Japan now, after... I mean, we, we did record an in-between yesterday, but we didn't record a proper episode in a month. Yeah. Yeah. Weird not recording. <laughs> yeah. No, because we just recorded so much and didn't do any editing, so we had to yeah. <laughs> chop a bit. But we also wanted the episodes to be a bit more closer to mm. real time, the publishing date. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, it did give me some time to go back to China for around 10 days. Mm. And that was fun. Yeah, was you really sent nice. me pictures. It looked nice. Yeah. Yeah, I hope now that we've kind of bridged the gap between recording and uh, publishing that we can do some more like real time, like what's happening in the world updates. Mm hmm. And not sort Definitely. of just like lagging behind. So that's yeah. that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah. Like the definitely. severed heads. Like the severed heads, yes. But um <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if there's any updates right now about the severed heads, but I'll let you know. Or I'll just do the case someday once they've been properly sentenced. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, can I tell you a story? Yes, I'm super excited. Okay. Right now. okay, so from the start, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to my friends, Naomi and Leonie and Emily, because they helped me translate this um, article from the original Korean into something that I could understand. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a really good help like it was a really good source because it just like mentioned details that mm -hmm. nothing else had mentioned so thank you thank you thank you though i don't think they listen so anyway hey what's up you yeah. guys <laughs> thank you <for laughs> thank you anyway well. so yeah they helped translate uh from korean so we are in south korea today okay okay i'm excited cool all right <laughs> so On May 27th, 2019, the younger brother of a man last named Kang was worried. So I just want to say here that um, other than the perpetrator, 
everybody's only referred to by their last name. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's how they'll be identified. Okay. Good. All right. It was two days since Kang had gone to see his son and ex-wife. Mm-hmm. He had called their father on the night of May 25th at 8 p.m., but there had been no contact since. So the younger brother contacted the Jeju Island police. Following okay. this, the police got in touch with a woman named Go Yu Jung, since she was the last person Kang was supposedly in contact with. Okay. According to Go, Kang attempted to sexually assault her on the night of May 25th. She resisted and he ran away, and he hadn't returned to the vacation rental since. Oh, wait. Is it okay to interrupt right now? Of course. Vacation rental? <laughs> so this woman, how did the police find this woman? Did she report that she was being assaulted? No. How did they... Okay, wait. So on um, 27th and 25th, right? So um, mm-hmm. 27th, the brother contacted the police? Yes. Because... His older brother hasn't been heard for, uh, they haven't heard of him in two days. Yes. Where he was supposed to, or he called his dad, basically. He called their dad, and he also hasn't shown up to meet his son or call his son. No. So the thing is, on May 25th, Kang uh, went and met with his ex-wife to see his son. Yeah. And so on that evening, on the 25th, when he, like that day he met with his ex-wife and son, was the last point of contact. And then two days later, they hadn't heard from him, so his brother contacted the police. Okay. And Go Yu Jung, the woman they got in touch with, is his ex-wife. Oh, so when you said the woman is actually the ex-wife. Yes, I should have made that clear, but okay, yes. Okay, okay, I just thought they the found woman they contacted, woman. no. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that somehow, yeah, they found the last person he was seeing. Okay, so the ex-wife, yes. when they yes. caught up with her to ask her, said he tried to rape me and then left. Exactly. Is that right? Yes. Okay, yes. got it. Right, so her story is that Kang had attempted to sexually assault her on May 25th, and she rebuffed his advances and he ran out of the vacation home and he still hadn't, like, he never returned. So she showed the police um, text messages between her and her ex-husband. So she had texted him, I will report you for sexual assault. You're a monster. You don't change. And he texted Mm -hmm. back, I'm sorry, I was in shock. You remarrying was a shock. I'm sorry. Two days, uh, no, not two days. Two hours later, Kang's family reported him for attempted suicide. So the police on Jeju Island traced back his tracks as much as possible. They tracked his phone to a neighborhood miles away from the rental home, and his car was discovered in the parking lot of a supermarket, but wasn't investigated further. Like, they didn't look into the car. Mm -hmm. So the vacation home had no security cameras, uh, so the police were unable to proceed further in regards to Kang's disappearance. Mm -hmm. And... Honestly, like the real hero of this story, the younger brother, okay. uh, here he is one more time. So he was really frustrated by this. So he mm-hmm. went out on his own to look for his brother or to find some kind of evidence or footage or anything. Mm-hmm. And on the morning of May 28th, Kang's younger brother actually submitted security camera footage 
from a building near the vacation home where Kang had been last seen. And Whoa, in this, this was yeah, a day right after. <laughs> yes. Yes. Was so fast. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he is just super motivated, and mm. like I get into this a bit later, but like yeah, the police didn't really. I don't know. Maybe they weren't really equipped for this, or just were lazy, or whatever the case was. Like mm. he went out and found it on his own. Yeah, I mean, I guess for the police, it's an adult man who is not reaching out to his family. Like th- there hasn't been a crime yet, so. Yeah, it was just suspicious circumstances. To... Yeah. And he wanted to know what happened. Yeah, so I think the brother has a lot more, you know, it's more invested than the police. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm. Okay, so on the CCTV footage, it showed Kang entering the vacation home but not leaving. Mm. On the other hand, it showed Go leaving the vacation rental on the afternoon of May 26th with their son mm-hmm. and her coming back later alone and leaving the morning of May 27th. On the footage from the morning of May 27th, she had two large carry-on bags with her and threw away two garbage bags into the trash. So May May 27th was also supposed to be the last day of their stay. And Mm -hmm. like I said, Kang did not appear in any of the footage. So Mm. the police at this point realized that maybe he wasn't simply missing after all. Mm. But they still didn't suspect Go of anything since she was cooperative with them. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. I mean, anyone listening to that, I yeah. mean, it definitely seems like she killed him and disposed of his body. But right? <laughs> what do I know, right? <laughs> Nothing. It's like we don't watch any shows or documentaries or read articles. Yeah, no, but I, I don't know. I guess, I mean, you're, you'll probably get into this, but she might have just been really charismatic and the police thought, you know, she seemed like a friendly, nice woman. How could she murder a grown man? Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Okay. On May 31st, 2019, so four days after Kang's disappearance, the police entered the vacation home where he was last seen. So the luminol test they did showed massive amounts of blood on the bathroom floor, the living room, the kitchen, and the bedroom ceiling. Following this, the police arrested Go for the murder of her ex-husband the next day. Okay. (laughs) Under police custody, Go changed her story, saying that still Kang had tried to sexually assault her while she was cutting a watermelon, so she stabbed him in self-defense but she did not say what happened to his body. Okay. All right. right. Yeah. Okay, so she admits to stabbing him. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's enough, isn't it? Well, not really, because because they have the text messages. But if she killed him, she has his phone. She can just reply to herself. But at this point, they're going off of the knowledge, okay, um, she is being cooperative. She's saying, yes, so I I didn't want to say this before, but, like, I stabbed him because he tried to assault me. But yeah. he still, like, ran from the vacation home, and then there was this text conversation. Okay, I'm sorry, but if there's blood on the ceiling, I feel like a lot more happened than just, 
I turned around and stabbed him with a knife I was using to cut a watermelon. I'm just yeah yeah I know yeah, it, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be in the bedroom I I give and or the bathroom I give you that but yeah. I'm just saying that the police at this point could still reasonably assume okay so she stabbed him in self-defense he ran off and they had this text conversation mm. so maybe he did still like he felt so guilty he committed suicide maybe that was like their theory okay well it's still doesn't explain the video footage where he never left right if he really ran right. out but anyway i'll let you continue okay so i'm just gonna go back to the beginning a bit mm -hmm. so go yu jung was born in 1983 as the oldest of three children her classmates remember her as a sweet person she studied biology at jeju university where she met her future husband kang at a volunteer group After six years of dating, they married in 2013 and had a son a year later. So during the marriage, she displayed some anger issues, throwing tantrums here and there, and later even throwing things. So mm -hmm. the marriage didn't last. In mm -hmm. 2017, Kang filed for divorce, citing spousal abuse. Mm -hmm. Go countered his allegations by accusing Kang of alcohol addiction, even though he did not drink. Wow, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Kang tried to get custody of his son, but he was pursuing a doctorate at Jeju National University, so he lacked the financial means to support uh, mm -hmm. custody of his son. And so the court ruled in favor of Go, stating that it was in the child's best interest to be with his mother, but they gave Kang visiting rights twice a month. Twice so, a month? Damn. Twice a month, yeah. That's really not a lot, if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, but I feel like in Japan it's also something like that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It also kind of depends, you know, if you're with one parent while you're going to school, then you're pretty much, you know, that's the normal days. And then you rotate or you take turns on days off or weekends. Right. But that's still, I mean, there's still roughly like usually there's four weekends in a month mm -hmm. and if it's twice a month that's like only two weekends even so that doesn't yeah. really check out and so at the time of Kang's disappearance I'm pretty sure that their son was six years old mm -hmm. so if they divorced in 2017 meaning at this point he was four so he would have been in kindergarten yeah so that doesn't really make sense Like, so he basically just had two days a month. Maybe, yeah. Mm. Right. So from all accounts, it seemed like Kang was really dedicated to his son. He worked really hard to provide um, 400,000 Korean won, which is roughly 283 US dollars or 280 euros in alimony every month. But okay. Go did not want him to see their son, so she mm. didn't let him. She would turn him away at the door, refuse to answer his calls, and made excuses as to why he couldn't see his son. Mm -hmm. So eventually, Go remarried and moved to Chengju with her new husband, uh, leaving her son in her parents' care in on Jeju Island in Jeju. Mm -hmm. Still, like Go wouldn't let Kang see him, even though like he was also based on Jeju Island. And That's like, so mean. Right? So nasty, yeah. Yeah. Kang was obviously frustrated and he filed a suit against 
go, and the court found her in contempt of the law. Mm-hmm. So she was ordered to let Kang see his son and told her to pick a date. Mm-hmm. So they set up this May 25th meeting, and Go went back to Jeju Island, rented a vacation home there so that Kang could mm-hmm. see his son again for the first time in two years. Okay. In two so, years? Wait. <laughs> in two yeah. years? Yeah, so they, they divorced in 2017. Oh my God. And in those t- entire two years, until like court mandated, like, pick a date. Wow. He wasn't allowed to see his son. So this was like a super huge deal for him. Like he is allowed to see his son for the first time in like two years. He was super Mm. dedicated to him, like made sure that he worked super hard to get the money to pay alimony. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, while doing a doctorate. So I think that was actually um, sort of a point for like the brother to like get concerned because mm-hmm. I like I read somewhere they he hadn't been like contacted them in two days like the, he hadn't sent any like pictures with his son because mm-hmm. like he would have definitely he would have been like look he's so big like blah yeah. blah and like they didn't get anything okay yeah, that makes sense because I was wondering uh, because I was wondering when you said earlier um, when the brother reached out to the police that mm-hmm. because his brother hasn't contacted him in two days, I, I was thinking that two days, that's not very long. Well, for uh, us, maybe. If, we live very yeah, different no, lives. Without the context of him yeah. seeing his son for the first time in two years, then obviously you would be expecting some pictures, some messages, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just even a call or a video call as you're meeting the son to, you know, to say how it was. Because right. my brother doesn't co- contact me in two days. It's like, well... <laughs> it's, I mean, if he does contact me every two days, I will be freaked out. It's like, what's going on, yeah. Simon? <laughs> but no, it's... Okay, it makes a lot more sense now that his brother would be... Something is wrong. Well, mm. I don't want to... Like, I don't want to reveal all the information yeah. right away. I want I some know. bits of suspense. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, where were we? So Go Yujung was arrested and she changed her story. Mm. Right. So on June 4th, a forensics team was called to the vacation home and they took pictures and samples that would later prove critical in determining Kang's final hours. But when the owner of the vacation home rental realized what was happening... They protested the police's presence and asked to be allowed to clean the house. Oh my god. And the police <laughs> agreed. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. How can they agree to that? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, so, this is 2019. It's not like yeah. it happened before the days of, you know, DNA and forensics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this decision would later haunt them. So like this is obviously like a huge point of evidence, like pointing to gross mishandling of this investigation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So that was a dumb move. I I can't believe it. I I can't believe that something is like that is still happening. Yeah, I can't believe that they even have the audacity to request it. Like the, the yeah. rental owners to say, 
we don't care. Somebody got potentially murdered here. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out who did it. We yeah. want to, you know, do our business and not have it be disturbed. So police get out. Like, ugh, this is so unseemly. There's blood everywhere. It's such a bother. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. Just anyway. The audacity of But I mean, both at least listening to the story now, it does seem like justice was... I mean, we know who did it, even though we haven't gotten that point yet. It seems pretty obvious who did it. So hopefully... <laughs> Uh, justice was served but anyway you keep going well, okay well. <laughs> so that was june 4th mm-hmm. so on june 5th go's husband visited her in jail mm-hmm. and when he did he found it very strange that she asked if the police had taken her pouch so he searched for this pouch and he found a prescription for zolpidem Zolpidem, so mm-hmm. Z Z O L P I D E M, which is apparently a sedative for people with insomnia. Okay. And being a smart person, he submitted this as evidence to the police. Oh my gosh. Okay, this husband is also a hero of the story. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm impressed. This is not related, but I'm just, I don't know. I find it funny how you say that, like, there is some Canadian influence on you. That is Canadian, Well, I just think, like, if you say Z, like the Americans do, like, it's like, is it C or is it Z? Like, if you're not listening super closely, at some point, you can get just super confused. So, at this point, yeah, like, yeah, I'll make that distinction, but usually I wouldn't. Okay. No, because just sometimes I also hear some Canadian accents, especially when you say sorry. Yeah, when you say... Sorry, it's super Canadian. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> anyway, um, back to the story, back to the husband who submitted the evidence. Good for him, yes. Mm. On June 9th, so four days before the warrant for her arrest would expire, only then did the police search the pharmacy that had prescribed her these sedatives. The Korean National Forensic Service, KNFS, had already expressed doubts on usable information they could gain from the little blood sample that they had. But when they tested it, Kang's blood sample tested positive for this insomnia sedative. So if Go's husband had not submitted the pouch as evidence, the police never would have known about it and Go would have been let go. I wonder where the pouch was. Do you know? No, I don't. Because if it was in the rental home, then the police really fucked up there. Yeah, maybe. No, it doesn't say. Okay. And it, it would really be interesting. You're right. Yeah. Okay, really. Thank God the husband. Yeah. He was so like, he, he heard her ask that and then from his own initiative, went to look for it, found the suspicious item and actually handed it to the police. That's... Mm. That's really awful. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So finally, the police were able to somewhat put together a timeline. Mm -hmm. So after the court mandate for Kang's visitation rights, this was on May 9th, 2019, Go began to search the following terms on her phone. Sedatives. Fatal dose of nicotine. Taser. Incinerator. (laughs) Grinder. Weight of bone. 
travel bags. <laughs> wow. Super innocent list of search, <laughs> like search history. Yeah. That was after May 9th. On May 17th, she was prescribed seven days worth of Zolpidem, or however you freaking say it, I don't know, to mm-hmm. treat her insomnia. In her car, she had a saw along with other tools to assist her in murder. Mm. According to the testimony from the owner of the vacation home, who is an idiot, but whatever, she made sure that she, Kang, and their son would not be disturbed during their stay. And again here, it's worth noting that the vacation home did not have security cameras. And I Mm. think it's in one article I saw something about her actually searching for, like, vacation homes without security cameras. Right. Yeah, I mean, she was thorough, I guess, but... But that also makes her stupid. Yeah, she wasn't very good at um, hiding her tracks. Mm, Covering her. Yeah, covering covering her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three days before the murder on May 22nd, Go went to a local supermarket and bought a knife, bleach cleaning supplies, and rubber gloves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On May 26, Go met Kang at a theme park with their son. Afterwards, they went to a supermarket to buy food and left Kang's car in the parking lot where it would later be found by the police. Mm. On the night of May 25th, Go prepared curry for dinner. They assumed that she put the sedatives in Kang's food while she was preparing the dinner. He called his father at 8 p.m., but he missed the call from his younger brother at 9.60 p.m. And at this point, his phone was also turned off. Okay, 9.16. Mm-hmm. Wait, so the ex, so Go, mm-hmm. um, drove his car to the supermarket before she killed him. So, no. So they arrived, I think the way it happened was probably they arrived at the theme park in separate cars, like Go and her son in one car, mm-hmm. and, like, they met Kang, who had gone there separately, like, in his car. And then, yeah. like, they got, like, groceries at the supermarket, and then maybe she was like, hey, let's just drive back in, like, one car. I'll, like, we'll okay. bring you back later for your car. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's how the car, like, stayed in that parking lot. Mm-mm. Okay. After Kang went to lie down, presumably because the medication had made him very tired, Go told mm. her son to go into another room and told him to just play some video games. Mm. And as Kang slept, Go stabbed him. Mm. According to evidence and blood patterns, Kang woke and ran for the kitchen and the door out of the vacation home. Go stabbed him repeatedly and eventually he succumbed to his wounds. Around 9.50 p.m., the owner of the vacation home called and in the recording of the call, Go could be heard telling her son, go to bed, I'll be there after I clean up, in a playful tone of voice. The next day, Go dropped her son off at her parents' place before returning Mm -hmm. to the vacation home. So at this point, they assume that she began to butcher his body and um, in the process hurt her right hand with a saw. Okay. Okay, So there actually is a recording of her call with the rental owner. Yes. 
but I mean, it's okay. not suspicious. It's like, go to bed. I'll be there after I clean up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just um, not surprised, but kind of, it's interesting that they recorded that call. Yeah, that's true. But maybe mm-hmm. it's like a, it's a rental property. So maybe it's just like keeping like, yeah, a transcript yeah. Like of safety, like yeah, precaution as evidence. Yeah. Okay. So they assume that the next day is when she butchered his body and hurt her hand. So when she was done taking uh. his body apart, uh, she was able to fit him into two suitcases she had bought. Um, she was seen leaving the vacation rental on the morning of the twenty seventh, and went and received treatment for her injured hand at a nearby clinic. Okay. Around sorry, it's just the way you said butchered. It's like she's going to eat him. Okay, I dismembered like. his body. <laughs> yeah. Either but way, I actually there was one article where it actually mm. said like, oh yeah, so she like put him on a chopping board and like oh. butchered him. And like with that imagery in mind, oh like that's the that that feels like the correct verb to use. Yeah. Because it's literally like, oh, like chopping block, like I'm going to prepare him, sort of. Uh, like that imagery, maybe that's why I used it, because I read that article. Her son, I mean, their son was in the same place. And yeah. I wonder if he like sensed any of it. That's that's the part that I found really weird, because she was like, oh, go um, play some video games in the other room. And then mm. like... She stabbed him. He woke up, ran through the kitchen outside of the home, and the son, like, didn't hear anything. Yeah. And so wait, he never, he left the, I guess, like an apartment, but he never left the entrance. So it was not caught on. Yeah. Footage. I think okay. that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. And, and he didn't hear anything. Yeah. That seems weird. But I mean, I feel like if he did hear something, He's still so young, right? Maybe he has no idea just, what it is. Yeah, what it is, or he, he just blocked it out. Um, I mean, like he was so traumatized that his brain just is it compartmentalizes it or something, and then to protect him and just Maybe. kind of block that memory. That's also a possibility, I suppose. Mm. Okay, so around four fifty p.m., she faked the text conversation between her phone and Kang's phone. Mm. And then after the call she had with the police on the night of May 27th, uh, where she said she wasn't on Jeju anymore, she was still in mm-hmm. Jeju at a motel. Okay. <laughs> and at 3.30 p.m. on May 28th, Go returned the leftover bleach tape and cleaning tools she had. And at 6 p.m., she purchased disposable gloves, a travel bag, and large plastic bags. She wait, then. Wait, wait. Sorry, yes. I'm getting the dates a little bit confused now. Okay. So this was after she sent the son away to her parents? Yes. So she sent her son, like she brought her mm. son back to her parents on the 26th. Mm. She then went back to the home. Then also on the 26th, around like the afternoon, she faked the conversation, mm-hmm. got in contact with the police or got contacted by the police on the 27th. Mm. And then, like, returned supplies that she hadn't used on May 28th. Oh, so returned it to the store? Yes. <laughs> okay. 
that's another way to make yourself more memorable. But um, so she returned those supplies and bought new disposable gloves. Yes. Wait. And then went back. No, she didn't. Yeah. So she she it didn't say anything about her returning gloves. I think because uh, I just thought you said before I interrupted you that she bought gloves again or something. She did buy gloves, but so she returned bleach tape and cleaning tools. But later yeah. on, she bought gloves, a travel bag, and large plastic bags. And this was after she had already disposed of his body or before? So she had dismembered the body, but she hadn't disposed of it. Okay. Okay. So, oh my God, that's so disturbing. Right? Uh, yeah. Okay. And then she had the guts to just, like, be cooperative and, like, be confused when she's, like, arrested. I mean, it's just the thought that this whole time, I'm I'm just imagining the bathtub right now where just the body parts are in. And how Why can a bathtub? Because all the other dismemberment scenes that True. we've done in this, <laughs> during this podcast has been in a bathtub. True. Because it's easy to clean up. It's yeah. not, you know, the blood. You can just run down the drain. But yeah, so I'm just imagining the parts in the bathtub if they had one. And then she's just going about her daily life, cooking for the sun. And how can the sun, if it's in the bathroom, not go in, right? So, ah, oh, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, anyway. she only did that. She only did that after the sun was already with her parents. The disme- I thought she did the dismemberment before. No. Well, okay, so... So the thing is, so this happened on... Like, she killed him on the 25th. Yeah. She brought her son to her parents on the 26th and then went back to the vacation home on the 26th. So she dropped Mm -hmm. him off and then went back, dismembered the body, Mm, and then left the morning of the 27th. Okay. All right, so that whole time the son was there, it was... Just the corpse and not yes. like a dismember. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's disturbing still, enough. <laughs> it's disturbing enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, I'm dwelling too much on this point. No. Keep going. <laughs> not enough. Like, it's completely fine. I feel like, it, I mean, it is such a, I don't know, disturbing image. So I keep getting back to yeah. it. But yeah. Yeah. Just doing all that with your son, like, not far. That's, insane yeah and she planned it all i mean it was all premeditated yeah, clearly so, yeah so it didn't matter to her that uh, anyway she's obviously not you know not in the right state of mind so anyway yeah. okay <laughs> so we're on may 28th uh so she bought like she returned some stuff she bought and later on in the day she went back and like bought some other stuff mm-hmm. and then she got on a ferry or a boat to go back to mainland South Korea around 8.30 p.m. Okay. And she was seen on security tapes throwing garbage bags off the back of a boat. Wow. Probably also on the ferry, she ordered an electric saw and had it shipped to her parents' home in Gimpo, which is like not far from Seoul. Like it's close to Seoul, I think. Wait, but um, she already brought her son back to her parents. 
social yeah, media. Yeah, but they had a home bad. in Gimpo. Like she, her parents were well off. Like they had money. Oh, okay, okay. And like I, I thought like, oh, this probably isn't like too important information to go into. Mm. But I guess in this case, it makes sense to let you know that um, her parents, like she was, she grew up like well off. Her dad had mm. a rental car company. And mm-hmm. it later expanded into like them buying like property and like investing. So mm, they had money okay. and they had multiple properties. Okay. So yeah. So she had a ship to her parents' home in Gimpo mm. and drove to Gimpo like through the night, making additional stops along the way to throw some other like some of the bags of evidence mm. away. Okay. On the morning of May 29th. She purchased a ladder, a clean room suit, and tarp. So they assumed that she purchased these items to avoid blood splatters or splatters of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in her parents' Gimpo apartment, she further mutilated her ex-husband's corpse and threw the pieces away in the trash. Oh On May 31st, she drove to Chengju, where she lived with her current husband, and told him the story about the sexual assault and saying that that's how she injured her hand. Mm. And then there was this one article that said something that, yeah, she told him this. And then like, like later on that day, they had like a nice date, like went out to car- like karaoke and stuff mm. like that, which is insanely disturbing. So she actually did more dismemberment at her parents' house. Yeah. I, it's just so insane that she had the, the balls to carry a corpse on a ferry with, with other people around. It's, and, like, and this it was dr- May, She so literally even drove like, through the country with it. Yeah. I mean, driving, if you're alone, it's still relatively... Like, you, you typically don't get pulled over or anything, mm. but... On a ferry, like, won't it smell? In May, it's not that cold anymore. Uh, I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, also, like, we don't know how long it takes for the decomposition of a body to be that advanced as to, like, start smelling. Yeah. But I guess, wait, so she killed him on the 25th. And this was already, like, 28th, 29th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it kind of smelled nice, so... But, I mean, she had bleach, so maybe she just, like, completely maybe, bleached yeah. it. Because the bleach <sighs> will kind of stop that. Oh, wait, so let me just um, double-check. So on the 27th, the mm-hmm. younger brother already reported Khan missing. Yes. And on the 28th, they already found... Or on the 27th, they already reached or found the ex-wife... Found yeah, on and the, spoke with her. Yeah, on the twenty seventh, so, I, th- I think they contacted her by phone because she was like, "Yeah, I'm not on Jeju anymore." Right, right, right. When she actually was, so she lied about that. Yeah. And then, so after she spoke with the police, she then still moved his body or went back to dismember. No, no, ha- like had 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 uh, dismembered it. I think had it in her car, and then mm. the next day. Went back to mainland Korea, yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Drove through the entire country to Gimpo 
further mm-hmm. dismembered it and then drove on to Changju where she lived with her husband. Okay. Okay, all right. Damn. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's it's just so disturbing, but keep going. June 1st, Go was arrested for the murder and mutilation of her ex-husband's corpse and was brought back to Jeju Island. Mm. The victim's family, I think spearheaded by again like Kang's younger brother, so seriously hero of the story. Um, they petitioned for Go's face to be shown during mm-hmm. like the publication of the events. So in mm-hmm. South Korea, due to presumption of innocence and like fierce defamation laws, a suspect's face is normally covered on television or like in in media, but. Mm-hmm. There are laws allowing for a suspect's face to be revealed if some conditions are met. Like one, if right. the crime was violent and caused grievous harm. If there is sufficient evidence which shows that the suspect is guilty. Three, if it's for the good of the public. And four, if the suspect is an adult. Despite her protests on June 5th, Go's identity was revealed to the public. Okay. Her trial began on... August 12th, 2019, so Mm -hmm. two months later. Mm. Her lawyer proposed the following to reduce her sentence. First, her ex-husband was a sexual predator, giving credibility to her story about him attempting Mm -hmm. to rape her. Second, Mm -hmm. Go was now the sole parent of their son and should be responsible for his well-being, like, Basically, you can't take the second parent away from him. Like, that's just Yeah, but if she killed him... Yeah. I don't think that defense works. Yeah, it really doesn't. Okay. Third, uh, Kang attempted to, like, sexually assault Go, and she reacted, like, the third, basically, she reacted in self-defense. And fourth, there was no body. Mm -hmm. The lawyer also claimed that search terms in her phone, like, weight of bone was to look up a recipe for bone broth, which is great. (laughs) Why do you need to know that? Mm -hmm. And that fatal nose of... uh, Nose? Fatal nose. (laughs) Fatal nose, Voldemort, what? (laughs) Fatal dose of nicotine was because she was worried about her husband's, like her current husband's smoking habit. So the defense was widely criticized after this. Mm-hmm. And prosecutors presented the court with like evidence of the victim's blood in her car, in Cole's car, and the mm-hmm. saw that she used to mutilate the corpse. They also yeah. obviously present as evidence the sedative detected in his blood, which obviously cast doubt on her claims that she murdered him in self-defense. Yeah, and she bought all those supplies. Yeah. Beforehand, so yeah. he knew exactly what was going to happen. I can just imagine the courtroom, people shouting, objection. Yeah. I wonder what courtrooms in South Korea are like, like yeah, atmosphere-wise. Well. Mm-hmm. Just quick, sort of completely off-topic. This it just makes me think of like the Dead vs. Heard docuseries mm-hmm. that yeah. I just watched. Mm-hmm. which was so well done. 
Mm. So seriously recommend that for anybody who likes sort of courtroom proceedings. Yeah, it, it, I don't know how I feel about it, though. I watched the Netflix show as well. But yeah, I don't know how I feel about it either. Yeah, like the, everything being televised. and Yeah, it, it's, I mean, I mean, they said it multiple times in the series that it was likely a tactic used by like Johnny Depp's yeah, yeah. like legal team, which mm-hmm. I can see. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's kind of questionable how televised it was. And like, you know how the jury is always like forbidden from like mm. looking anything up and blah, blah. How is that possible with yeah. the prosecution and the like defense being so publicized, like such public figures and everything being televised and everybody having mm. an opinion on it. And the like, fact that they have their phones with them, right? Whenever they go back to their hotels at night, they're on social right. media. <laughs> yeah, Even there's no way. they're not allowed to. Yeah, it's not like they took away their phones, like their kids. Yeah. Or like they can't cut them off from like contacting their family or something. Mm. So there's no way to 100% be certain that they're not mm. influenced. Yeah. It's just, it's insane. But like it was regardless of how I feel about it because I, I don't want to get into that right now. But it was a really well done docuseries. Mm. Yeah. Super interesting. Also, you can really watch some like, oh, that's a good lawyer. Oh, that's a bad lawyer. <laughs> like, seriously, there are some real lawyer fuck ups. But I also saw, um, was it in the documentary as well, where they said that you know, the memes you see online, the YouTube shorts, they really highlight where Amber Heard's lawyers made yeah. huge blunders. And, yeah, it, it uh, shows only but, like small bits of it, not yeah, the whole thing. Where, yeah, where they're normal and being good lawyers, it doesn't actually show that. But either way, I mean, those blunders were pretty bad. So, But the thing is, like the, the docu-series shows more of it. Mm. And so it's not just like three or five seconds or whatever. Um, but just, I feel like as a lawyer, you, there's also just, you need to have a certain amount of charisma that just wasn't present in yeah, at least one of Amber Heard's like lawyers. That shouldn't matter too much. It, I think it mattered so much in this case because yeah, it was all just, on TV. Definitely. Because if you become a lawyer, you're not expected to be charismatic. I mean, I guess it's good to be that, but well, you when kind you of need go to, to law be. School, yeah, but still, it's you're arguing legal points. And yeah, when but a jury, the thing is, it matters. But yeah, it does. That, but, exactly because know, of the jury, because you need to, because you need to basically kind of weave all the evidence you have together into a story you can tell the jury. So you need to be a good storyteller. Yeah, but that's what I don't like. I don't think for a court hearing, it's important to have a story. I think the whole point of having a a judicial system is to be able to argue on the legal points and not see who's a better storyteller or who's more charismatic. But it's it's not about like being a better storyteller. It's about presenting the evidence in a way that the jury of your peers can like sort of 
connect it all into a thing that makes sense and like make like a plausible sort of series of events which basically a series of events is a story to because if you have like these points of evidence that are presented that don't fit into that obviously like it's this random plot point that doesn't belong in the probable story of what happened i'm just realizing we're super off topic but we are maybe we can talk about this in the in between maybe we can um <laughs> talk about more about well we'll yeah. see i definitely have lots to say <laughs> yeah i mean i think we both do i also we, we i think if you do do an in between on this it would be worth checking out which countries do have a jury system in case like this and which don't because it's not always with the jury right yeah well i mean yeah not even in america like there's bench trials with just like where you sh present your case to the judges yeah yeah i think it's only is it just criminal cases or something where there might be a jury but i don't know like i don't know if it's in like i know that for like some cases you can request a bench trial which mm. in most cases is pr a pretty dumb move because if you have a good storyteller or a lawyer, then you're likely better off with a jury trial than a bench trial. Yeah. Because a jury, like a judge is obviously going to look at more of the like facts and like legal yeah. points. And that's what I have a problem with <laughs> is why this is even allowed. If someone who studied law, who's an expert in law would have said, okay, based on the legal points, based on the facts, this is how it should be, the judgment. And instead of having a judge decide, a judge who is an expert in this case, you have 12 random people who possibly don't know anything about the law, who are easily influenced beside someone's fate. Yeah, so let's actually, let's, um, let's do this for the next in between. Like, let's, mm. yeah, let's, let's talk about <laughs> where are there jury trials, like how widespread are they across the globe how did they even come to be like let's mm -hmm. let's talk about types of trials let's do it yeah and not to mention a jury being biased jury just being made of men before or mm -hmm. one race and i remember back in school when one of our teachers who lives on jeju island right now <laughs> where he made us watch 12 angry men which was a really oh. interesting movie I think as he well. made us watch that as well. And that was really fascinating. But Yeah. But yeah, all white men, right? Yeah, and they 12 were 12 angry white I men. Think, <laughs> 12 angry white men uh, deciding the case for a black young man. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. back to your case. Okay. Right, so they cast doubt on Goal's claims that she murdered in self-defense. Mm -hmm. And the prosecution declared that Goal had premeditated the murder and demanded the death penalty for her. But mm -hmm. on February 20th, 2020, which now that I think about it is a great day because it's 2002-2020. <laughs> great, great date. <laughs> Okay, so on February 20th, 2020, uh, the court found Go guilty of the murder of her ex-husband, Kang, and sentenced her to life in prison. Mm. So that's as far as this goes. 
but there's another but. bit I want to tell you a sort of like side story that yes. might like affect your thoughts a bit as well okay. and might give you some extra information to why some people might have done certain things that's always interesting always instead of you know having it in black and white I want to know all the details behind why people did these things. Yeah. Okay. So concurrently to Gull's trial for the murder of her ex-husband, her current husband, or well, now ex-husband, sued for annulment of their marriage Mm -hmm. and filed a suit against Gull for the wrongful death of his then four-year-old son, her stepson. Oh my God. So her second husband had a son from a previous marriage uh, Mm -hmm. who was living with his grandmother at the time. Mm -hmm. On February 28th, 2019, so same year as Kang's murder, but Mm -hmm. three months before, Go visited her husband's Chonju home. She tells this story. On the evening of March 1st, uh, she had made curry rice for dinner. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. That's also what she made for Kang and mm-hmm. her son. So she made curry rice for dinner. And after having eaten, they all separated to go to sleep. She slept in a separate room because she had a cold. And her second husband slept in the same bed with his son. Mm. In the morning, her stepson was found dead from asphyxiation. And her... Second husband was investigated for murder since he was sleeping in the oh same God. bed as his son. Yeah. Because supposedly he could have, like, put a leg over his son in his sleep and, like, suffocated him. Oh um, but God. he was That's later, so nothing was ever, he was never charged with anything. He wasn't arrested. Go did not attend the funeral, which started causing frequent arguments in her marriage. Looking back at the case with this in mind. Like, Mm. first of all, what's with her and Curry? More (laughs) on that in just a second. And also, maybe, like, her second husband was already feeling kind of, like, suspicious. Maybe Like, maybe he had Mm. his suspicions. And then when she was like, does the police have my pouch? He was like, what's this now? Mm. He was like, okay, I got to find this and, like, give it into evidence because... This bitch is being super suspicious all around. Yeah. Yes. So the curry thing. Um, According to experts, the curry could have masked the bitter flavor of the Mm. sedative. And I mean, curry is easy to use to drug people because if you're the one cooking it, you prepare the plates in the kitchen, then you can easily mix the drugs into the, you know, the person's plate where you want it Mm -hmm. to be instead of your own, I guess. Yeah. I wonder whether she, so in Kang's case, whether she also put some sedatives in her son's curry, just so he might sleep through the thing if he I w- falls asleep. I also had that thought briefly, mm. but it never says anything other than like she sent him to another room to play video games. Who knows mm-hmm. if he actually did or like you said, like maybe she also drugged him. And yeah, I mean, maybe he went to play the game and then he fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was kind of like her plan, like send him off, yeah. tell him to play games. He's going to fall asleep. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, that would make more sense because if he didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, no... I'm still just yeah. so 
shocked about this other um, right asphyxiation because it comes out imagine, of nowhere. Yeah, and it's the dad he wakes up in the morning next to his dead son. Yeah, thinking he might have caused the death by yeah. accidentally asphyxiating his son. Yeah. That's just insane. How she but can then, do that to him. But then, like, refusing to go to the funeral is like, mm. what the hell? Like, that's so weird. Like, why would you refuse to go to someone's funeral? I mean, that did just, she give a reason? or Not that I could find. Like, I don't want to go. <laughs> not Nothing that's that I could find. And that just makes it to so... Normal. Yeah, she's not pretending to care. Yeah. Which is insane. Wow. Okay. Okay. I just want to end the story on this note. Yeah. Despite massive search efforts, Kang's body was never found. Mm. Or if it was, it could not be positively identified as his remains after it was recovered from where it was recovered from. His mm -hmm. family eventually did the funeral for him with seven hairs of his that they gathered from his favorite uh. hat. Oh and God. the family also released Kang's last moments as they were captured in the black box of his car. It shows him singing about how much he misses his son. Oh the victim's family hopes that no matter what happens, his son will know that his <sighs> father loved him very much. That's so sad. Yeah. Oh, you're going to make me cry now. <laughs> It's just, uh, he just loved his son and just wanted to see his son. And it's so clear. Yeah. I mean, he did nothing wrong. No. He didn't deserve any of it at all. Yeah. And the son has to, you know, grow up knowing all of this. Yeah. Oh, and, and I also, I guess I want to add that some like psychiatrists psychologists have given probable causes for mm -hmm. the murder or murders um mm -hmm. it's likely that go yujong saw her ex-husband and her stepson as sort of like stains on her perfect life and sought to like uh, eliminate them stains yeah what do they even do to her I don't, oh I don't know, God. honestly. I mean, do they also give some kind of maybe potential diagnosis on her, whether she has any antisocial sort of disorders or... It's exactly what I wanted to get into now, actually. Okay. Yeah, because the motives we have right now are not really good motives. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And like, I was hoping that maybe like in her personal history, maybe there's something to explain... Mm. But there isn't, like I said, she grew up, like she had a family, like there was a bit of weirdness about her, like mom remarrying multiple times and like right. her grandmother sort of doing shamanistic rituals and okay. stuff, but like nothing that out of the ordinary where I would have been like, okay, that could be a thing. Yeah. Criminal psychologists have made a variety of diagnoses. One scholar said that she was a self-pitying psychopath who was able mm -hmm. to control herself. But it is possible that her psych psychopathic tendencies erupted when her ex-husband confronted her in uh, the divorce and custody proceedings. Mm -hmm. However, another scholar opposed this and diagnosed her with borderline personality disorder. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in an investigative briefing, police stated that she was not a psychopath because she tried to maintain a relationship with her family, which is the opposite of psychopathy, like an antisocial personality disorder, which does not consider other people's feelings. Okay. But wouldn't it be possible for her to want to maintain it for her own benefit, though? Maybe for, like, the money. Yeah. I yeah. Know, because, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say, okay, the reason she did this was because she had this or that, because there's so, I mean, most people who have these disorders don't kill people. Mm. And usually they're, for example, I, a good friend here in Japan, she has borderline personality disorder. Yeah, no, borderline personality disorder has nothing yeah, to do with it. It doesn't really. Like it could maybe. Even if like, she did have that, it doesn't mean. It's not a reason for her to kill anyone. It's maybe like um, explains maybe sort of extreme reactions she has mm-hmm. to like certain situations, but it doesn't yeah. translate to making you a murderer. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there has to be some kind of psychopathy or antisocial element to it, I feel like. Because with, at least with Borderline, I feel like the people, they're just too emotional, too empathetic. And she doesn't seem to have any empathy or, I don't know, think about other people, so... Well, I mean, maybe she was just obsessed with image and, like, how her life looked. And that's why that whole, like, stains on her perfect life theory came about. I guess. I I don't know. I just don't see how it would be, like, feel... I guess... It's it's hard for us. We can't really put ourselves mm. in her shoes and think like her. So it never it would never make sense. But yeah, wow. Okay. And that was that. <sighs> that was that. That was quite the case. I it's hope you enjoyed. So sad. So sad for yeah. everyone. I mean, enjoy is a different word. I guess it's not That's exactly true. the right the right word, but yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. For For, like one reason being that this is another like really recent one. (sighs) Thank you for the story. And thank you again to your friends for translating the article for you. Or this case really made me realize again that every case we cover, there's it's real people who go through these, Mm -hmm. who suffer all this loss and have to grieve. And stuff that, you know, I, I don't know. We can't even comprehend it. It's yeah, no. insane. Unreal, yeah. yeah. And that's seriously, real. like, Kang's younger brother is such a hero. Mm. Like, he immediately sensed something weird. Like, he was so excited to see his son. Why yeah. haven't we heard from him? And pushing the investigation, the trial forward for mm. like, justice and, like, answers and mm. not allowing Go Yujung to sort of like hide yeah. behind this anonymity that is usually mm. given to like court proceedings in, in Korea, like yeah. demanding that she like face mm. consequences. At least in this case, there is some poetic justice as well in the fact that the two people she, I mean, except for the victims themselves, of mm. course. But the two people who are mostly affected, mm. 
by her crimes, by her actions, are the ones who helped put her to justice. Yeah, super yeah, poetic. That's true. Younger brother, and then the the ex husband who she potentially. I mean, I feel like she did <laughs> kill the uh, stepson because the circumstances are so suspicious, and there's that curry. <laughs> And there's that curry the fu- uh, funeral. <laughs> so. so yeah, now yeah. I'm just not like if anybody makes curry for me, I'm just gonna. I mean, she must have because if she, if she asphyxiated or strangled the stepson while her husband is lying next to the son, they must have both been drugged. Well, yeah, but technically, okay. So her second husband's son, her stepson, was I think like pre-registered for kindergarten so i'm guessing he was mm-hmm. between like three and four years old mm. and reasonably like maybe he could have like rolled on top of his son and like suffocated him mm-hmm. like i think it's not impossible right but at the same like i don't That's believe true. it to be a coincidence like yeah. there's just too many things that add up yeah. Well, it's definitely highly suspicious. Yes. Just put it that way. Like two deaths, like two suspicious deaths with weird circumstances and weird coincidences that close together. Mm. Like this was in the same year. This was literally yeah. months apart. And I, I don't know. I guess they just, if they did more investigation with the son. Or I wonder, because I guess in Korea, they also, um, what do you call it? When you cremate, when you cremate the body, then you can't really do any autopsy afterwards. Like if instead, if you had buried the body whole, they could So they say, did oh, do an autopsy. Oh, okay, they did. They did do an autopsy and there's nothing suspicious found. Right. Who knows if they check the hair for like evidence of of the drugs of drugs yeah that was probably like if they didn't suspect it at all like they probably didn't Mm. test it but Mm -hmm. a regular like the regular autopsy at least didn't find anything suspicious but in the end Mm -hmm. she was acquitted because there's just not enough evidence Mm. pointing even to murder like okay but especially like pointing to her like there's not yeah enough evidence in that case which is true like there's like they didn't know that they should have like they could have um mm. like gathered more evidence and preserved it yeah in yeah, that case like it just seemed ha- like a, so yeah like it's just it was in the, that moment just super horrific like tragic accident so the whole time the ex-husband would have thought he was responsible yeah and carried that guilt yeah Okay. And then, like, maybe slowly got more resentful of Go Yujang mm-hmm. since, like, she wouldn't go to the funeral and, like, starting sort of this downhill spiral in the relationship, maybe mm-hmm. leading to the point where when she said that one weird thing, mm-hmm. it just, like, made his, like, danger senses tingle. Yeah. And caused this whole thing to sort of blow up. Yeah. It would be interesting to see if there's like a documentary of this case and where they actually get to interview the people. But anyway, I just hope they they find some peace 
after all this. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think this is heavy. <laughs> this is heavy, yeah. Do you have anything to make us happy again? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we have a whole week off. That's pretty happy. Yeah. That I am very happy about that. All right. So thanks for joining us again today. And yes, for another, this really heavy episode. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for being here. Thanks again to Naomi and Leonie and Emily for translating and also for cooking me food, making <laughs> kimchi sandubujige and pajon and kimchi jon. So fittingly, when they were helping me translate this article, we met up to make Korean food okay, because it was nice. because it was uh, just or was or is chuseok which is like the korean um what is that like fall harvest festival mm -hmm. so yeah we met up and made food and that was nice uh but anyway thanks for listening and yeah next episode will be another heavy one so oh, get great. ready for that it's like we coordinated but we did yes. it and also Go on to our Instagram and look at all the yeah. pictures related to the cases. And let us know what you yeah. think. If, even if you don't like looking at pictures of murderers or the victims, we don't show anything gory, so... Just well, one case. Yeah, <laughs> just one case. But, but we warn just, people about it. Just um, don't look at that one if you're sensitive. Yeah, just don't look but. at that one and basically leave us a comment if you want to. Even if you don't just just <laughs> or else or else um, yeah okay yeah anyway we'll see you guys next time bye bye wait 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 before Don't you guys leave yet we we want to say something yes so life is busy really busy <laughs> <laughs> and so we've decided to change things up a bit we can't really keep up with two episodes every week so we're gonna switch it up Yeah, so maybe we'll return to the old schedule again in the future. But for now, we're going to, um, just so we can manage our lives a bit easier, uh, <laughs> have one episode per week. So it's episodes every Monday and it'll kind of rotate or switch between a regular episode where we talk about a case. And then we'll have an in-between that will basically come the next week. So basically yeah. you have cases every two weeks and yes. we will make the in-betweens a little bit longer just because yeah it's no longer like an in-between that comes every week but every other week so please understand and yeah 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 so that's what it's gonna be like from now on <laughs> deal with it <laughs> deal with it we're just letting you know yeah. all right thank you for understanding and for listening and bye for real this time Yes. Like seriously, Bye. you can leave now. <laughs> Bye.